uh, Jay, show us, like, tell us how, like, the sound of, like, when we turn the vacuum on. Like, what does oh, it do? My. <laughs> you, you click it on, and it's like, that's good. And you can hear it from a fucking, like, the block down the road. <laughs> literally, like, that's the good shit. <laughs> that's the good shit. Dude, it's powerful, man. That's a motorbike. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 23. And today we are going to talk about a special topic. Um, we've all done it. And it is the topic of why you need to consider moving out. And this is a ripper topic. I think it, it, it touches on, like, if we think about the big macro landscape of the world right now, people are becoming soft. And they, you know, it's the truth. Yeah. Like people in general are becoming very soft and it feels like they don't really understand how life actually works. You know, we've been in such great times, economic boom is booming, you know, the economy is booming and all of this great stuff. But with that, it's cre creating a sense of, like, weakness and, misunderstanding about how the world truly actually works so that's what you actually get you get a great perspective when you move out of home and it's all about like you start to understand how hard life actually is you know i remember when i was like growing up as a kid i'll take everything for granted literally i didn't really realize how hard my parents were working for me to keep us afloat and our family and all of that i'll complain about everything all i wanted to do was play bloody halo 3 and call of duty you know I didn't, you know, looking back, I'm like, shit, life was bloody easy. You go to school at 9 a.m., get back at 3 p.m., yeah. jump on the console, have a little bit of a sesh, and that's it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, how silly times. were we when we look back? <laughs> we were, like, so stupid. But now, like, it's a sad reality. A lot of our friends and stuff, like, some of them are literally in their 30s, early 30s. Um, you know, like, people we went to work with and all that from high school, they, they, they come into their 30s, late 20s, and they still haven't left home. You can see them on social media complaining about bloody everything and all this stuff. They're not taking that extreme ownership over their own life. And that's what moving out gives you. So people always talk about money and they always think like, oh, but if I stay home, I'll make a lot more money and all this stuff. But I think they don't see the clear picture. When you have a better perspective on life, it's actually, uh, you get a compounding effect from that which will actually allow you to get ahead further and faster than the guy that's saving the money. Because imagine, like, think about the guy that's living in his mum's basement, saving $200 a week, but he's a little kid. He's mm -hmm. still a little kid, mm, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be the adult, grow up faster. The faster you can go through all of this hard shit at a young age, then that gives you the ability to make more money than the $200 and, you know, have a life of success. So I think that's yeah. that's what it's about. That's why it's so important to move out. And instead of always being taken care of, you can be the one that actually takes care of others. Yeah, take care yeah. of others. Yeah. Because we've been trained like our whole life. Our parents are there to take care of us. They're there to take care of us. You know, and then I don't know. I remember in my mind, it was so bad. My mindset was like, oh, but that's their fault. They brought me into the world. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. their mindset is like, no, they're doing us a service us a favor they're giving us actual life <laughs> what is the value of life mm. you know super rare being born a human yeah you know it could be like anything in the world yeah. but then being born human is like really rare <laughs> <laughs> and they like sacrifice for so long to provide for us 
Yeah. You know, if we're not giving back, adding more value to them, then something's wrong with the scale there. Yeah. And later in your life, oh, like, sorry, not in your teen years, like, that causes a conflict between you and your parents. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, oh, you're meant to do everything for me. Yeah. And your parents yeah. are like, I'm, uh, you're meant to be doing everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> you get a sense of entitlement. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've noticed, like, with my parents, as, you know, as you get older and it's like for me, like, as you mature and stuff, um, your parents kind of become like children in a way. So, like, if you're not, um, strong yourself how are you going to take care of your parents yeah. as they get older yeah um and yeah moving out of home is like a great way to start becoming that person so that you can take care of your parents yeah but then like coming back to your um uh you know how you were talking about how soft we are now as a generation of human beings if you look at like the animal kingdom every single offspring has to like leave the nest mm. yeah you know what i mean and it's like the humans are the opposite like we can choose to either leave or to stay. But then if you stay, you're not going to grow. Mm. I think as well, like all of this softness is getting pushed out into social media because they have the loudest voice. But there's a little subculture brewing that loves like David Goggins, loves Jocko Willink and all of these hard guys. And the scene that I always see in my head that's appealing to me is like, have you guys seen like the movie 300, the first one? where the kid has to go out. I think he has to kill a wolf mm. or something. Yeah. You know, and he's like, but he tan or something. Yeah. So I'm like, man, like think about that compared to how easy we have it today. So. Side tangent quickly. I know that scene from the movie and I know it's like meant to be a lion or something like that, yeah. but I know it from the parody version where he has to go kill a penguin. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, <laughs> Dude, it's mad. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. <bro. laughs> yeah. So, but I think we can see it's it's starting to swim, uh, swing. Sorry, like it's it's starting to turn. Like these guys are starting to come out, David Goggins and all of that. So I think we kind of align a little bit more that that way. Um, I think it's refreshing that we have people like that coming out more into the mainstream. Yeah, and I think people are realizing that as well. Like they're realizing that shit. I need this in my life because they're just experiencing, you know, yeah, um, no growth. Mm. I think, yeah, with today's topic as well, it's a, it's a very nuanced topic, just like all of our podcasts. Uh, you should know by now that, you know, whatever we say, you've got to understand and put perspective on your life because no one knows better than you with your life. You have to do the deep thinking with your life. You know where you actually are. And this is just a generalization to everybody. What you think it is, you know, it's pretty good for the masses, but you have to tweak it for you mm-hmm. and you've got to know who you are. I think, yeah, it's important if we accidentally generalize today that everyone should be moving out or something like that, please note that that is not the point of the potty. It's a general conversation on if you're in a specific position or in this position, why you may consider wanting to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not do this now mm. because, it, you know, it yeah. may not be right for you. Yeah. I think as well, like touching on that, like you guys are more than welcome to like book in and have a chat with us like on Instagram or whatever. Just send us a message and then you never know, like we could have like a Zoom call or, you know, catch up um, and then we can talk about this type of stuff and get to the the bottom of it and can give you, you know, some some tips. I think all four of us have got Calendly's in our, Calendly apps in our bios, in our Instagram. Or as Dylan said, just DM us yeah. and have a chat about everything and anything from investing to personal finance, everything we talk about on here. Yeah. It's what we love doing, isn't it? Yeah. Scubbers. All right, so let's let's talk about it. So when should we actually think about moving out? So what we normally say is 
you do want to really like before you move out, you really do want to have like at least $10,000 saved. You want to have worked for that $10,000, get your hands on it as quick as possible. And you probably do want to invest it into something very safe, like the S&P 500, you know, the index of the overall US market, which has proven over time to create returns of roughly like 10% per year. You do want to do that because you need money to back you up. When you move out, you're more vulnerable in the world. It's like a lifeline money. If something bad happens to you, money's the best because all you need to do is write a bloody check. I love it. Like this is like there's like two types of people in the world, like two types of millionaires. There's like the poor millionaires that just save their save their way to wealth, and then there's other people that worked really hard and had a growth mindset and an abundance mindset. The first one, sometimes they forget. Like you know, they that you always see them like they get a problem in their life. Like, mate, you're a millionaire. That problem can be solved with a check. Just write the bloody check and pass it away. So that's what it kind of does. You don't want to write checks for, like for the smallest little problems in the world, but something bad may happen to you. You need that 10K to back you up. And yeah. Having money, the point of having money is to reduce stress, make your life a little bit more convenient. You know, obviously, long-term, you want to help people, but if you've got that money, yeah. use it, boy. Mm. Some girls. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Then uh, the next thing is you probably do want to try and move out of home, generally speaking, as young as possible. Because we'll talk about all of the benefits of moving out soon and everything you can learn from doing that. But it's a compound effect of knowledge. Everybody tries to compound their money and they understand what that means. But if you can compound your knowledge, your knowledge is more important than money. Like we're talking in the last podcast about reputation, it's knowledge first, reputation practically second, or those are two hand in hand. And then money comes with those, the combination of those two. Um, so you do want to try to move out younger, generally speaking. Unless you have like a bloody awesome plan and you're already super mature and you know it and you're like, no, nah, I need to save over $100,000. I'm going to invest it here, 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 here and open up this business or whatever. And I'm staying at home because that's a strategy, but I'm already an adult. Then I'll say, yeah, that's pretty good. Stay at home. Mm. You know? I think that's that's what uh, you did, Chris, right? Like, Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home and then save as much as I could because I was able to earn so much from my job as well. So mum and dad fortunately helped me out so much in that aspect and they let me stay home. And I didn't have any, yeah, I didn't have any uh, worries about having to buy groceries or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so all I had to do was just literally just invest my money. Yeah. And that's mm, what I did. That gave you a big head start. Massive head start. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking, do you guys, It all. I think it also depends on your like situation at home. Like if your parents are also living paycheck to paycheck, is it fair to be able to like just put all your costs on them at the age of 18, 19, 20? Probably not. Yeah. No, no way. So yeah. it's like by that point, it's like if you can, you, even if you're saving a little bit of money, you're actually hurting someone else. So a point to maybe yeah remember and think that like you gotta always remember the other person in that situation i reckon oh yeah for sure yeah. are you adding more value to the world in to the world in that exchange yes or no mm. you need to make sure you are yeah. so if you do decide to go home and you are saving the money it's like uh you know it's very important like do the detail cleaning do all that offer to cook dinner you know, a few times a week. Yeah. You know, do all this stuff. Chip in for the bills. Yeah. yeah. Put in the bills. Educate the environment that you're in, which I'm sure G is. Yeah. That's exactly what you would did back then, didn't it? 
Yeah, of course. Just man. starting teaching them back then. Yeah. Getting that kind of conversation going about investing, about everything that we do. Mm. Yeah. Just to put it into context, how old would G, you moved out a year and a bit ago? Yeah, exactly a year ago. So I was 22. You're mm. 20, you were 22? Yeah. Doc, how old were you? I don't know. Um, it's like 18, 19. And you were? Yeah, 18 as well. I was. 22 as well 22 23 yeah i was a bit late um but yeah around early just early 20s pretty yeah, much 20s before you know 25 or something but yeah it's it's in general especially and then maybe if you're a really weak person and you need to really work on your knowledge and stuff um because you know like i truly believe like the world in a way it's out to get you there's scams everywhere you know there's people trying to take your money and if, if you're not ready for it, like you can get hit in the face. You can get lucky. I've seen people get so lucky where nothing has bad has happened to their life. And then when they hit 40, then they just get right hooked to the face. <laughs> you know, they get hit with all this hard shit. Yeah, it's the worst. So I, I feel like it's lucky for us. Like, you know, we've been hit pretty hard with many difficult problems to solve at a young age. And it makes us mature way quicker. Mm. You know? Mm. I've, um, yeah also a bit of uh like advice would be as well like um it, it can get frustrating living with your parents as well when you're especially when you're on that grind mm. um because me and my parents especially we had a lot of like conflicting like ideas of the world so my mom would always be like because she's my parents like fair enough they have a very traditional mindset like coming from india they work really hard and you know they they're both pretty educated as well so they expected me to be edu- like I'd go to uni and have a degree and everything and I didn't really that wasn't really my mindset so there was a lot of kind of conflicting thoughts but um yeah like in the end I, I try to help them out as much as I could and they really helped me out a lot yeah so initially it would have been tough right yeah it was tough during the whole time like I was just thinking I want to move out <laughs> 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 like once I got to that later teen years yeah yeah Imagine what you do now, though. Like, if you're, if though, I, I would almost say, like, if you didn't spend that time home with mom and dad and chatting to them about what it is you're planning on doing and what you're doing now that you've moved out, you're like starting that point of your journey once you've moved out. Yeah, it probably so, did help because they even they they were um, pretty afraid to invest their money in the mm-hmm. share market, but um, once I moved out and you know it that whole time I was explaining to them why I wanted to do stocks and yeah. they were a lot more comfortable with investing. Absolutely. You're literally building up your reputation as well. Like we said yeah. in the reputation podcast, your family's in your family, but they will judge you. Yeah. They will judge you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what's your reputation actually with your parents? Yeah. You know, will they trust you? So do you think your, your I think your parents would have trusted you more when you moved out? Because now you're actually, it's like you've got skin in the game now. Yeah. You're proving it to them like all these years you were saying what you wanted to do. Yeah. And then you moved out and now you're actually doing it. Mm. Yeah. So now they're probably more comfortable with what you tell them. Yeah. 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 So because, yeah, exactly. Because I was saying, oh yeah, I'm going to move out and this is what I'm going to do. And because I'm doing all that, like, yeah, like you said, I've built my reputation with them and yeah, Mm. that allowed them to trust me more. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think as well, like um, in terms of like saying we save that $10,000 and all of that and yeah, provide value to your family. But if you're having it tough, 
you're, you know, you're getting mentally abused or whatever it is at home. I, I speak to a lot of people, you know, they're actually in that situation. Yeah. And it's really tough because when you get hammered down mentally, you lose your confidence and you feel like you, you don't have what it takes to move out. Yeah. But I would say to those people, no, you've been so strong to survive up until this point. You, you're stronger actually than most people. Yeah, your energy might be really low right now, but it's actually an energy problem. It's not a strength problem. You're actually stronger. So your energy is at a low, your willpower is at a low because you've just been getting hammered. So that's even more reason to just leave straight away. Don't even think about saving the $10,000. You just got to get out of there. You got to get your own environment, create your own life, and it will fill you up with positivity because now you don't have all of this stuff happening to you. You are now the master of your journey and you can create the life that you want and it's the best feeling you can get. And that's what Hardcore Head Start's all about is like creating your own life that you can truly be proud of and the life you want to live. And I think after the fact of moving out, once you, you know, kind of they respect you being able to look after yourself a little bit more and uh, kind of your way of life, once you go back to see those people who were doing whatever they were doing, you have a considerably better relationship with them. And more often than not, it, it leads to like, you guys being closer. You know, it's like your parents or stuff, if you're arguing all the time and stuff like that. Yeah. I see it as like an evolution of your relationship with your parents because they saw you as a kid, now they see you mm. as an adult. Yeah. So it's like a, they respect you as an adult. That's mm. the relationship now. If you're living out of home and looking after yourself, it's hard for them to ignore that you're not an adult or at least acting like an adult in most parts. It's incredibly difficult for them to ignore. While you're living at home, it's just that little bit harder because is their roof over your head. Yeah. It's always going to be just a little bit harder. Do you boys have any personal reasons as to why you moved out as early as you boys did? Or That's mine, what we are just talking about there. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a brat as a child as well, so it's not like my parents were just jerks. It was a combination effort, obviously. Um, but I was already pretty much managing nanos at that time as well. Oh very close to it so it was like i'm already on that journey trying to push hard blah 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 and it was just like a war zone at home um which is is what it is you know and now my relationship with my parents is 100 times better mm. because we're not on top of each other all the time you yeah. know i feel like anyone that i talk to and ask like that that has moved out and asked them um like literally all of them say that their relationship with their parents have gotten better after yeah. they moved out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There can be something unnatural with living together for so long Yeah, with the same people, even if it's your family. I feel like it. Like sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. Mm. And with your family, um, you don't get a break Yeah, because every house, every room is open all the time. Mm. All of this, you know, it's always pretty much every room in the house, a common space for Christ's sake. Where here, you know, if we need a break from, in each other, you know, we just go to our room. Yeah. And no one's walking in each other's room and be like, what's up, bitches? How you doing? <laughs> Doesn't exist. It's not a frat yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. So you get that. And, and people, regardless of who you are, some people are more extroverted, some people are introverted, but everyone needs space for themselves mm. to be able to just not do anything and just relax. Especially when you're going into that adult stage of life and you need to start making your own decisions. Yeah. Because like... At that time, you've got more decisions to make than ever and you've got less knowledge than ever. You're like, mm. what the fuck? 
<laughs> I felt like losing. when I was at home, I think all of you boys can relate. It was harder to think. Yeah. You just couldn't think. Yeah. I, I I couldn't think at all. Like the way I think now in in this house, in the dojo, it's like mm. so different. Yeah. Cause mm. yeah, because we're constantly like more motivated as well. Yeah. Because like By this environment other. promotes thinking. Yeah. Versus at home it's like promotes like just doing what you're told. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of things are done for you when you're at home as well, whether it's like of your own accord or not. So you have less to think about which then puts you in that kind of bucket of doing less thinking in general. Mm. I feel, yeah. What about yeah. you, Don? Oh, for me, like, it was it was definitely, you know, I th- it did feel like, you know, more of the mental abuse stuff. So I haven't, I haven't actually spoken to my dad in almost 10 years now. So it's been a, it's been a very long time, um, you know, not, not speaking to him a single t- time at all, which is a shame. Uh, one day I'll be the bigger man, but I know I'm not ready yet. You know, I don't think he's ready yet either. So we'll, we'll wait for it. But, um, you know, like I feel fine. Like I always, I think about it a lot saying like, oh, should I go say something to him? But based on what I've heard from my sisters and stuff, it's, he's still not ready and it's just going to fucking bring me down. So some people, you know, I, I believe like sometimes even if it's your family, you have to cut them out. If they're vampires, you have to chop them. So I've made the decision to chop him. You know, one day if he's he proves it with skin in the game, um, it's all good again. Then I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, I'm all for forgiveness, but you know, like I wanted to move out. So like, my biggest thing was when I was saying like, yeah, you got to think about that saving that ten thousand dollars because I always had that in the back of my mind. Save the ten thousand, save the ten thousand, and then looking back in hindsight, I should have just left straight away. I would have matured faster. I would have got my mental health back quicker. I would have made more money because of that. So saving, like, you know, it's not really about saving. But how much can you make in the long term? Is this saving actually setting you up? Yes or no? In my case, it wasn't setting me up. It was holding me back. I got the direct result of you learning that because it was like, you told me that, like, pretty much within the first few times, maybe like, dude, it's crazy. He was like, why don't you just do this? And it worked out that he had a place that was very close to him. And I was like, oh, sick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's mad but um like i like how you can learn from things and then pass them on to your friends people who are in similar positions and yeah. they get to learn from them quicker yeah. it's just how learning happens right but i uh, like talking about like that mental health stuff and like getting hammered by people like it is honestly what made me so strong because like i was just getting hammered every single day and it was so hard to go through that every single day with no breaks, no breaks, no breaks. Um, and now, like, once I moved out, I'm like, dude, this shit's easy, man. Moving out's easy shit compared to what I already had. So that's why I'm actually very thankful. Like, if my dad wasn't like that, you know, none, none of this shit would happen, you know. And I, I wouldn't be thinking. And I wouldn't have the drive, you know, to, to do as much as I do have now. That's some maturity. God damn, boy. But yeah, I think do you reckon we we spoke about all the nuances there in that quite well? Or is there anything we missed about when to move out? I think maybe actually in terms of when we say roughly move out around in your early twenties, it's also based on like we we I think it is really good. Like as soon as you turn eighteen, like go get a get a few jobs, get your experience up, make that ten thousand dollars. Might take you two years or whatever to save that money after tax and all of that 
then you have the, the, the you have the choice between going to uni or not going towards mm. uni. This is kind of saying you're not going to uni because if you're moving out and then going to uni, oh. man, I don't know. That's pretty tough, especially if you're not getting any financial help. Well, mm. I did that because mm. um, so I, I went to uni and the first two years of, of my bachelor's was in the city. So it was relatively close to where I was living. So I was living at home and I didn't really know about hardcore back yeah. then. It was only like the last two years of my degree that, I, that you know, we reconnected Dylan yeah. and um, yes, got, got into hardcore. But the last two years was in a place called Bandura and that's really, really far away from home. So in order for me to go to uni, I was actually in a share house with a, f a few of my uni friends um, in Bandura and you know, as a student paying rent, that's tough. Mm. And I remember like it was hard to juggle uh, uni and going to work mostly because I didn't have, it was, it was, it was my fault because I didn't have the work ethic um, because I was raised in like a, a household where my parents, they don't want you, they told me pretty much don't work, just study. So like I had like no work experience, so I couldn't really land a job. Um, so Pretty much my parents were supporting me during that time. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not easy, man. Yeah. Like as a student, having to pay bills plus mm. also go to uni. And then if you're working on top of that, it's not easy. Yeah. And I am caught up like, is that good or is it bad? You can argue it's good too, but I'm not sure what the right answer is. But I feel like most people, they won't be able to do it. Because most like the whole the whole point of like, moving out and starting out in dojo is to up your knowledge right mm -hmm. so if you're going to uni and then you have to work on top of that to cover your bills yeah. like how much time will you allocate yeah, how much quality time will you allocate to upping your knowledge yeah you're getting opportunity cost into the gills real yeah. bad yeah. there's definitely an argument there for like those troubles and those hard times build that resilience into you mm. so it's like what's more important at that stage and yeah, not oh, saying it can't be done because clearly it has been done. Uh, it's just like how much you want it yeah. at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can always finish the course later, right? Mm. Which is what they don't tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, when I was <laughs> I in uni, I thought, I thought I had to finish a degree like straight away. I thought I had to. Yeah. But like you can actually. You like, can defer it. Yeah, defer it for years. Yeah. And then come back to it after you've like built your um, financial like bit 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 of financial wealth. Are you getting any charges throughout that time that you deferred it? No, no I don't think so. So what you can just do two years of uni and be like, nah, I'll come back in a couple of years. There's a there's a limit on how much you can defer it by. I think the max for RMIT where I went was like three years. You could defer it for three years, and then after that, it's either you enroll or you cancel. You drop can, out. Can you defer previous to even starting? What do you mean? Like, so say you want to do this course, yeah. but you don't want to do it now. You want to do it in like three years. Can you do that? Maybe. I'm not sure. What I want to know is I want to know the numbers of like, because like just thinking like anecdotally between like people from high school, if everyone that went to uni, they're not in that field now. Like most yeah. people oh, definitely. are not in that field. Yeah. Like what are actually the numbers? And then most people hate the field that they're in as well. Yeah. Dude, when I started aerospace, right? Aerospace is very niched. Uh, role and like literally when I went to Bandura like the last two years is where they like really focus on aerospace like specifically aerospace I remember the first class they were saying the lecturer was literally saying 
probably like five percent of you will actually land an aerospace job. <laughs> right. The rest, the rest you of already. you, the rest of you will be will be working as engineers, but not as aerospace engineers. Well, that's it's <laughs> the yeah. harsh truth, boys. Um, but like all my friends that have similar mindsets to me, um, none of us do aerospace. Like we all studied aerospace, but none of us are in that in that <laughs> industry. Like we're all doing our own thing. Far <laughs> out, man. That's Funny how it works. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before when you move out as well, there's a, there's like a one prerequisite which is kind of like a non-negotiable. We believe it's probably best to try to keep your rent as low as possible. So for when, like when I moved out, I was literally living in the shittest place in Melbourne, right? Dojo number one. It was literally a granny flat, a rundown garage. No, it was actually it was actually like a, a shed. Oh, Someone's dude, garage chuck shed. You gotta chuck up photos of it. Yeah. So, so Doc Doc lived in with me in like my my third or fourth year there, I think. And like our stove top was literally. One of those gas-fired stovetops. Yeah, like, the you, cylinder. Yeah, when yeah. you take it camping. So it literally is a camping to- stovetop yeah. and it's on like an actual workbench. Yeah. So there was a... <laughs> anyone knows what a vice is? A vice is something that you find in like a workman's shop that was on the side of our kitchen bench. The kitchen bench was like, you know, when you hang tools above it and shit like that. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. It was like... Right, you use the vice to... To keep the thing steady, man. Oh my. <laughs> use keep the, the pan steady, yeah. son. Use the vice to cut some things in half, you know, use it as a chopping board. Yeah. Dude, I remember like visiting you boys and I don't know how you lived there. I really don't know. And you had a third house member as well at the time yeah. as well. Oh, it was very small, man. Well, you had yeah. three people in, in the granny flat. No, no, no. At the beginning, it was me and a couple of like other people. Hmm. And then once they left, eventually Daniel moved in. Okay. So it was just us oh, two. Okay. Right. Wasn't there a third boy? No, nah, there was another house at the front. So I lived, oh, in, I okay. lived in the front house first for a bit and then moved to the granny flat Yeah. after the worst roommate of all time moved out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like from the outside. So it's a house and then yeah. behind it is a granny flat. Yeah. That's where Dylan stayed and Dylan and Doc stayed. Yeah. From the outside, it looks like a trap house. <laughs> it looks like... call it the trap house. <laughs> it looks so sketch. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is going to sound weird. I miss that place. <laughs> I like him it too, man. When you lived in the house, were you living with a family? Nah, not a family. Oh, okay. Because one dude had a cat in his room that never left the room. But there was a family before. Before those Pretty people. Rich, yeah. yeah. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> was so why did you mad. choose that place, though? So that place was really good because everything included was $100 a week. Everything. Bills and everything. Bills, internet, everything. 100 bucks a week. How'd you find it? It's from uh, someone at Nando's. It was their place. But the thing was, so we're talking about the front house. When I was there, I'm pretty sure there were seven people in the front house. And then two people in the back. So there's nine people living on that land. So that's how they could split it up and get it so cheap, um, which is like what we took with everything we do now. So like we normally say, like you want to get your rent like around $150 or less, roughly. It's hard to do. Um and like I try to find a place that's like pr- pretty decently convenient. You don't want to go like live by yourself where you're, you're paying like $400 a week. Again, it's just massive, massive opportunity cost. Like you're just losing too much money. Um, but yeah, like we wanted it in a southeastern suburb of Melbourne where it's like, what, 45 minutes from the city. So it's not too far away from work. It was less than 20 minutes. So it just made sense where if we went any closer to the city, 
it just got too expensive. If we went any further back, yeah, we could save maybe a little bit more money if we went further back, but then we're wasting time. And what's the value of that time? I don't think you can ever beat a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's very difficult to beat. But man, like back then, like when you're living in a shithole, you start to get creative. Like I was literally thinking about getting like camper vans and living in them and fucking everything, man. Mm. You know what though? Like even though it was like a a tiny granny flat, Mm. you made it, like you made the dojo so well. Dude, I was about to say that, yeah. Like it it felt, it was way bigger than just a granny flat. Like when you you, you go in, like on the outside, it looks sketch. But when you go in, it's just like yeah. a completely different place. Yeah. It's like yeah. Narnia. Yeah, decked it out nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the vibes in your room were so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually, I remember I used to go in there just so I can, like, work. Yeah. Like, it was mm. so good. <laughs> We'd always work together. Like, literally, the, the first office was, in, like, right next to your bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, at that time, I was giving, like, classes and stuff, like, teaching our course, like, what we're doing in podcast. But I used to have six chairs. That was my room. Like six chairs. There was no room for me to move. So every day I had to put up with that. Dude, to get out of the room was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> it was actually like a scene from some sort of Mission Impossible film. <laughs> Trying to like navigate yeah. your way through the chairs, under the bunk, <laughs> under this, under that. Let's go, Tommy Cruise. Hilarious. All right. So let's let's talk about some of the benefits of moving out. Um, things that you will learn from moving out is like, so if you're, in, if you're in a share house, that's the only way you're going to get the money down to 150. If you can find a, yeah. a one place apartment for 150, man, that's a bargain of a lifetime and I'll, I'll chew it up. Um, send it to <laughs> us. Son. Chew it up. Yeah. <laughs> send like, it to us. It. We'll take four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the benefits of what you want to learn is like, it's all about like emotional intelligence. Um, so like one of the first ones we've got written down here is like just learning how to get along with people because in life, when you're going down business or you're in the workplace or whatever you do, you're going to have to go and work with people. You're going to have to get along with them. And you're going to find out, dude, in the workplace, there's so much bloody politics going on, so many people problems going on. And I feel like the, like the people that have the share houses and know they learn all of these lessons early, they're the easy people to get along with. So you're just going to learn a lot of people skills. You're going to learn a lot of leadership skills, leading the house, how you want to do it, gaining control of the people, gaining power over the people to lead them in the way you want the house to go. You're going to have to learn all of this stuff, um, communication, talking to people, negotiating with people. A good a good um, book I read on that is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, it's a ripper book. I really, I really like, um, recommend that book mm. for anyone. Yeah, because like you, you don't realize if you're living at home, you're going to fight over like the smallest things like who gets to put where in the fridge yeah. or who gets to use the dishwasher when or the washing machine when or who gets to hang up their clothes when or who gets to take the big morning stinker, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> you only got two toilets now and you got seven boys. That's just big boy. <laughs> He's yeah. got to back it out in the morning. Hey, man, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> You don't realize how hard it actually is to live with people. There's so many things and considerations you actually have to go through. Um, but yeah, like you just like problem solving and stuff like that. And then just even in terms of yourself, you're going to learn like what we spoke about with your parents, 
Dude, the amount of organizing and shit they have to go through with the washing and the cooking mm. and going out on, oh shit, I want to cook food right now. That's going to take 30 minutes. Oh shit, but I don't even have any bloody ingredients. Oh, I have to go to the shop. That's another 30 minutes. Oh shit, there's an hour gone. Oh, I'm tired from work already. Yeah. Oh, the kids are keeping me up. Oh, the kids yeah. are running around on my feet. Yeah. My poor parents are. <laughs> Dude, I, I never really understood like how like my, my mom was able to like go to work, come home clean cook everything yeah. by like before like seven i i never understood that uh-huh. because like you know you do it like you're living outside of home you go to work you come home you're just wrecked mm. how do you get the energy to do any of that shit i don't know like i'm bothered man it's crazy oh. <laughs> um like another one is just like understanding value what does value actually mean um you know you want to share the value amongst everybody give more value to other people and then everybody's going to be happy if you do that some people might you might be giving more value to them and they're still not happy because they don't understand value then you're going to have to educate them and lead them too um you're going to have to compromise a lot sometimes you're going to just have to be the bigger man um you know and just not you're going to find out it's not worthwhile to fight over small little uh things that aren't really affecting the bottom line that's where yeah. um the abundance mentality comes in, right? Mm, it's like yeah. you can you can obviously get more of that same thing. Yeah. You know? If it means that it'll keep the other person happy. Yeah. Mm. You gotta do it. And it's also like importance of time as well, because yeah. you don't wanna waste your time like yeah. negotiating or arguing about little things that don't really matter. Yeah. Don't exactly. waste your time, your energy on that shit. Pick yeah. your battles. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If it's a monster that's like it's a domino that if this gets tipped over, it's going to lead to a hell of a lot more problems than sure. Yeah. Or if, f- even if it's something small, but that can lead into something big in the future. Mm. And you recognize that. Exactly. Like yeah. put your foot in the sand because you have to come back on those ones. But more often than not, the problems are not there. It's just like, even you yourself, you may be a little bit more emotional than usual. You're just like, oh, that pisses me off today. <laughs> or the other person's a little bit pissed off. Just, it's bridge under the water. Move on. Mm. Um, yeah. water under the bridge just to clarify bridge under the water, bridge <laughs> under the water. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah by doing all this stuff you know like you're eventually going to start to learn oh shit this is what it means to be an adult and when my parents were telling you or when your parents were telling you or our parents were telling us you don't understand what it takes to be an adult you're like oh shit fuck these fellas were right all along. <laughs> Remember like when you're little, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be an adult. I know. Dude, it sucks. Screw <laughs> that, man. <laughs> Dude, my little sister's 17 at the moment, right? She's got the same idea of me. She wants to move out as quick as she can. And her room's messy. Oh, my God. No idea what's coming for you. Try and tell as much as I can. Yeah. I need to give her the, the list of dates, son. Huh? You need to give her the list of dates. 17, bro. I'm working on it, bro. I'm working <laughs> on it. At the moment, she's working that many hours. I'm like, yeah. just keep pushing in that direction. We'll yeah, fix the yeah. other stuff later. Yeah. yeah. You're probably also going to learn a lot about like different cultures and stuff because it's probably going to be like multicultural in that shit house. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to like, yeah, understand how pe- certain people do things differently and all of that. That is actually a major benefit in my eyes. Like, I didn't really eat any other cuisine other than sausages and bread until I moved out. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Now we're doing Australian Korean bar- <laughs> like barbecue and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Um, it, really, <laughs> <laughs> it really gives you some Dog, perspective. That's so sad, bro. 
it's not even fair or true either. But uh, it's it's funny. Yeah, um, now we've like combined all cultures and made like Australian Korean barbecue. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a ripper. <laughs> right. we, Which we cook sausages and everything in like one yeah. little pot. <laughs> like talking about cuisines and stuff. Have you guys seen those YouTube videos where it's like tier list? YouTube yeah, videos yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to like put the tier list in. Yeah. Because yeah. you know when we're talking about sacrificing and saving money and stuff, mm. you know, sometimes we we jump on the ramen and you know, we jump <laughs> on the canned food. Yeah. I'm like talking about sorry white people, but talking about um I'm half white anyway. But you guys just don't know about ramen and like two minute noodles. <laughs> I want to make a tier list video to teach you guys like which brands <laughs> which are the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you're eating magic, you'll yeah. which wants to get based on like what level of finance you are <laughs> yeah well like even like same dollar amount but yeah. tastes way better that's a good video idea yeah. <laughs> when we were going through that stuff at like the first dojo I was in like Maggi noodles and shit yeah. I saw him you say up. you call it Maggi what is it Maggi right it's Maggi bro whatever yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is whatever same it is. thing yeah. Maggi Maggi yeah. um, and then you'd see him like have similar ingredients and he's got like this little feast and I'm, I'm just here with like and water and yellow noodles. I'm like, what is this shit? Are you kidding me? Yeah, this dude's got yeah. like an egg chopped four ways. He's got ramen and this beautiful broth. I'm like, Taki mushrooms. Just got broth going. It's bullshit. Dude, Maggie's all right though. They got like some different Dude. fusion ones. Chuck an egg on top. She's dirt, bro. <laughs> bro, he's dead. He's dead, bro. Uh, I'm going to show you this good shit, son. I'm going to show you this good yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah, the one the one that you made the other day was really good actually. Yeah. The miso. Yeah. We fix. Just if it looks Asian Asian, get it. It's good, bro. Mm. That's it. That's the that's the pre If it doesn't have an English name on it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> literally get it. <laughs> um, I feel like Doc's the most Asian one now. Out yeah, of all I know, of us. right? Dude, I had all white people watching this. I had sausage roll and pie with QP mayo and sweet chili mixed together. Oh, that sounds good. nice. It's a good combo. It's, it is great. But like if people out there are like, you didn't have tomato sauce. That's blasphemy. Are you okay? Are you all right? <laughs> blasphemy. She's certainly not better, but it's okay. I rate it. It's good, Doc. Um, yeah. Other things that you're going to learn is just like being reliable, having accountability, sticking to your own word. Like when you say something, you're going to have to back it up yeah. in the house because if you don't, mate, people start revolting. There's yeah. going to be an uprise. Goes, so, back to, to yeah. Yeah. Goes back to the reputation podcast. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Then your reputation becomes, you, you don't stick to your word. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And like, I feel like these are the type of things that, yeah, you can learn them from books, but you got to really learn how to actually implement them. Because, like, especially, like, with the How to Win Friends and Influence People book, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you can read it, you can understand it. Dude, try and actually implement that and achieve success. It's hard to do. It's how really did, hard. How did you do it? Because you read the book and then yeah. you would you implemented it both in the dojo and at Nando's, right? Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the Nando's example is better. It's definitely, like, harder to do. But yeah, man, like you just, you're going to learn from experience. Like there's no one thing, but probably if, if you were to choose one thing, it's probably leading by example and being the bigger man, no matter what, be it the bigger person, no matter what, lead mm -hmm. by example and never, like I found at Nando's, if someone saw me slack off once, 
they would attack it. So I'm just like, I'm never going to ever slack off. Like there will never be an image in your mind of me slacking off for a prolonged period of time. No matter, like each hour, if you're to write like the value added to the store per hour, I know I win every time. So like, that's what I want it to be like each hour. Because if they're so you slacking off, then it would seem like you're just virtue signaling. Yeah. By like wanting to improve things, but then like not. Yeah. But not actually doing it and you're just slacking off. Yeah. But that's crazy though. So you could be like working hard for like nine days straight. Mm. Kind of. Yeah. If you slack off for one minute, man. Sit back for like one hour. Yeah. People don't see that other shit. That's crazy. People nitpick. Um, But yeah. Now, that's the share house stuff. And that's what you're going to learn from moving out. But you can actually go the next step. And you can kind of go down the same route that we've chosen to go down. And that is to create your own dojo. Mm. So you probably understand the concept of what a dojo is by now. But it's, it's like a team house. This is a team. We're living together with the one goal in mind, you know, to be successful and make our dreams a reality. So we're all with that growth mindset. So we decided we wanted to start up our own place because what you're going to learn is when you're living with other people like we were before, man, it's a nightmare. You're going to learn the importance of environment. People like they don't really, I remember like, you know, I used to hear these yogis talk about environment and all this stuff and I didn't understand. I'm like, what are you talking about? I remember people talking about, oh, having a nice view is really important. I didn't understand it. You know, oxygen and plants and all of this different stuff, the quality of the lights, all of that stuff. I didn't understand any of it. And now, now I do because of that. Um, and, and we all do. But that's the benefit of creating your own dojo. You can create the environment to however you want it to be. So it's really hard to start a dojo. Because there's so much to think about. It's very difficult to pull off because you're going to have to find a whole bunch of people that you can trust. And think about how many people have come into our dojo and left over the time, like over the last few years. There's probably like 10, 10 people that we've seen come and go. Um, and it's, 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 it's tough to go through it. But once you get it right, it's more than worth it. As I was going to say, I think like... How long have we all been living together now? Um, For, oh, 2016, I think. Jesus. Yeah. I would say, oh, 2017, I think. Yeah, me and Doc's probably 2016. 2016, yeah. I I think we have perfected the dojo this year. Like when, oh, when G moved in. Uh, This is when it's like. Let's go G. And that's because G had already the foundation built and stuff like that. And when you put other people in the house who didn't want similar things, they wanted something close to it, but mm. not the same thing, it doesn't work. Not yeah. to its full potential. Um, and for those like few years previous, man, she's a grind. Mm. Yeah, that's the biggest thing it we've learned. Grind. It is hard to do really 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 hard so spend as long as you need finding the right people as possible yeah. i think as well you got to be really harsh when you critique people and put a rating on them like you can always say oh my mate's a real good guy he's fucking he's like he's awesome but what's your standards at man? what's your standards at like if we're going to rate us as a people to get along with 
is he A or not? Is he the same level or not? Does he have the ability to be the same level? I think this relates to um, Danny Meyer from um, Shake Shack, where he says there's two type of people in the world. The people with the strong emotional intelligence and you can train them the knowledge. Those are the people you want to go for, not the people that think they have the knowledge with shit emotional intelligence. Those people, it's so hard to change them because you have to change them as a human, as a person. Mm. It's so hard to turn that around. So it's always better. Like, I think it's better to think, like, get a dojo like around three or four people to start with. Don't try and get like a six piece person dojo because it's really hard to find six high quality people, especially if you're on the younger scale, like near age 20. The odds of you having even one person. You might not even know one person. And how long um, should you kind of check them out to see how long, yeah, how, think, if they can last long term? Or I think you have to go through a vetting process of minimum. Honestly, we've written up there as three months. It might be longer, like six mm. months. As literally as long as it takes. Like as, as long as it takes until you wanting to spend time with them on a regular basis. Yeah. And like you still being able to do everything that you're doing, like grinding, putting the work in, blah, blah, blah. And you still, after all of that time, would like to spend some time with that person. Yeah. After that, then then I feel like, then you know it's okay. Because when, after you just come from a 60-hour week, plus then 30 hours grinding the books, and you see this person, they do something a little bit wrong, like, or just whatever it may be, you're not going to hate them immediately. You're going to be like, oh, okay, let's chat about it. Let's understand why, blah, blah, blah. Because in those times of like extremes where everyone's tired, the emotions are at all-time highs, it's going to be very difficult to not let it out when you don't like the person already. Yeah. So you have to already have a good relationship built with that person. Yeah. This is a nuanced topic because like with us at the dojo, we all um, have the collective goal of making hardcore has that a, a success. So that's what we're working towards. And because we have a collective goal that's the same it's really it's a it's not easy but it's easier for us to get along and for us to like um work together really well yeah i think you you said it nicely where it's not easy but it's easier like on the grand scheme of things if you're going to build something it's way easier when you have way more people but then at the same time it's hard because then a lot of the time someone else will have a skill that's higher than your skill in a certain level and then they just tell you the answer. Like and that's the good thing because it's like a benefit. But then it also hurts the ego. And you're like, oh but shit. Like every time you're getting told by someone else like something that's better. So then you can start to lose yourself. But then just then you think on the big macro, oh shit, that's actually a really good benefit of the dojo. You're learning faster because you're you you know, you're using the com- combined knowledge of the group you know, of the tribe so you can go ahead quicker. And yeah, that's a good thing, like benefits of moving out, man. You're going to learn a lot about ego, a lot about psychology and learn a lot about yourself because it, it is a weird dynamic when you start working in companies like that yeah. and in a collective. Yeah. Working and living together. Because like, the, like if you're starting your own dojo, most likely you're not going to start your own company or your own business. So you guys might have different goals. But like if you guys have the same mindset of the growth mindset and you want to improve, that still works too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if someone shows like, you got to learn, like if someone shows a better way of doing things, bro, you just literally think about it. Say, all right, let me think about it for 24 hours and boom, get back to it. Oh shit, that was fucking smart. 
People don't like to change on the spot. Very few people have the ability to absorb something on the spot. But if there's a better way of doing things, you just think about it. All right, I think about it for 24 hours. Hey, what? You know what? That's a great idea. Let's implement it. I think there's something, like we always say think for as long as possible, but there are some things that you're like, yeah, shit, that just makes more sense, doesn't it? And you're like, just like get rid of your own, uh, whatever, your own bias, whatever it is, and just move on. Mm. Just get it yeah. done. Because yeah. net long, it always works out better. Always, every single time. <laughs> There's so many different times I'm like, all right, this is the answer. And then any one of you boys will be like, hey, why don't we do this? Because this is this and this. And I'm like, <sighs> a little bit of, in my head, I'm like, Daniel, you just spent 10 hours. How the fuck did you accomplish it? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, move but on. There, Let's go with that. Faster. And then we just do that and move on. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of having multiple people, mm. multiple brains. Mm. Yeah. And you were just talking before, Samuel, like just the other day, like the important thing that everybody misses from Elon Musk's book is about the walls. Mm. You know, what, what was he saying about like the walls? At, at oh, um, He just completely removed it. Um, and it's crucial for startups because you want people to communicate. You want people to know exactly what everyone is working on mm. so that there's no miscommunication. Because if there's miscommunication, then you're going to waste time. And for a startup, time is money. Crucial right so you don't want to mess that up at the start and you want to build that culture of just open communication yeah absolutely hey what dill just kind of a little bit of a tangent here what how, how old were you when you first thought of started making a dojo first of all oh yeah around 18 around 18 yeah what drove you to that initially is there something is there a reason oh i just saw like like i just saw the success of like because I was in the Call of Duty scene trying to become a professional Call of Duty player, I just saw like every team that got a team house and they were grinding together and took it very seriously, they started to gap away from the rest of the competition. Mm. Like it was night and day difference. Everyone that were on different schedules and everybody was like trying to get everybody to jump online at the same time and compete, um, they just, yeah, they, they just fell so far down the ranks. Everybody that had a team house you just couldn't catch them anymore. Like the thing with COD, there was like Optic Gaming. As soon as they left, like there was no one on their level. Then other people had to replicate that to catch back up. Mm. It's like, oh, there's something there. And then it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah Being around. That, that mm. definitely makes sense. Mm. It's like, how like, do you come to that thing? Yeah. But it, was, but it was, yeah, it was copied. It was not my idea mm. at all. And you know what we talk about all the time? None of this shit's our ideas. We just took it from books. Just do this shit. So, Kareem, that's Hex from Optic Gaming, right? Yeah, it's Hex. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. But even him, he copied it from other people in different... Because COD's behind oh, other games. Yeah. Uh, COD's like a small game. Maybe so, like one of those StarCraft. Yeah, StarCraft. League of League of, yeah, yeah, League of Legends. Yeah. Dota. That's interesting. That he would have had it. Arguably, he would have had it harder as well. Because he was getting... Like the the vision itself is maybe more obvious, but like he's working with we we're looking at it the other day, weren't we? It was like fifteen year olds, sixteen year olds. Yeah, really young kids. Sixteen year olds into a decent sized house, yeah. trying to get them to become adults at that time and compete professionally. Yeah. Imagine looking at your sixteen, seven year old sibling or friend, like person you know, and you know, and being kind of the uh, guarantor on them moving into a house. Hmm. That's it's a big risk. You know, from that video... It takes a lot of work. Um, 
Shout out to Hex, by the way. I think I think he's a genius for doing that. Um, though I saw like a similarity between what Hex was doing and then like what Elon Musk was doing in the book. So like if in the in the Elon Musk autobiography, if someone had a problem at one of his companies, whether it be Tesla, SpaceX, um, though he'll go to Elon Musk and tell the problem, and then Elon Musk will be like, "There's 580 people at this company. What do you need?" Right. So like the thing that Hex did was like he removed all obstacles for the for the boys to like just grind. Right. I think as a leader, that's kind of what you have to do. I, I saw that. Well, I saw you doing that as well. Like just remove all obstacles so that it's like seamless. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. River. Um, where were we next? So we spoke about oh, the maybe oh maybe actually before that like one more benefit is. If you can get past all the hurdles, because it is hard to develop this relationship with friends because you never want to hurt your friends' feelings and all of that stuff. And it's a weird dynamic. But eventually, man, you can just have more fun. And we're saying, I think it was in the last podcast as well, like Selling Sunset, Jason Oppenheim. That's what I love about Selling Sunset. He says, yeah, he's after to be successful, but he wants to work with his friends because it's more fun. So when he goes out on lunch meetings with his friends he enjoys the lunch meetings you know it's adding energy back into his life rather than taking away like the last thing you want to do is like go out for lunch with people you hate you know people that are you know just really bringing you down and like even us like now like when we have time off and we play like age of empires or call of duty or whatever it happens to be it's so much more fun when you're together in the same room Mm. like it goes crazy man (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's it gets intense. <laughs> it gets intense. It gets we might be starting a Twitch soon, boys. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. It gets violent. That is one thing I'm sure you boys have felt it recently as well. It's like I've I've learned about my personality. Probably all that personalities is. I think we prioritize like friendship over really. I do any over anything else. I really don't really yeah. bother about anything else. To be honest with you, yeah. I, I don't really give a shit. But if like we can keep doing what we're doing, keep building up ourselves. And while we build ourselves, we continue to enjoy each other's company. This thing, nothing's a shoe in, but our goal will just work itself out. Yeah. yeah. If you can stay the long game, you win. Yeah. You win. Yeah. That's why like, like, you know, we were just posted in the group chat the other day of like, just staying motivated with social media, how Mr. Beast is thinking in terms of a decade, just one mm. decade. And like, this is talking about the wisdom stuff. Like everyone else is thinking in terms of quarters and potentially years. And they think long-term is years. Who is actually honestly thinking in terms of multiple decades and truly believing in multiple decades? Because the people that are making moves in multiple decades, there's like no one there. There's barely anyone there. And all the best, highest quality people, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, all of that, they think in multiple, multiple, multiple decades. And it seems like they're starting to talk about it. Like there might be a push to stop doing like quarterly um, earnings expectation reports and stuff like that for stock companies. Because it's just like, it's giving the investors the wrong bloody mindset. Why do you need to keep talking about what's going to happen next quarter? Like it honestly doesn't matter. Like what's the guidance for next quarter? Who cares, man? And like what Jeff Bezos says, like, oh, when someone congratulated him on that quarter or that yearly result, he's like, dude, that shit's been done a <laughs> year or two ago. Yeah. You know, he's already done that shit. It's yeah. just coming into action now. So 
you know like the people don't understand how companies are actually truly built they're yeah. built with an like extreme long-term vision it's a funny thing isn't it if you're thinking about like the quarter in front of you you're already behind <laughs> yeah. it's funny on the stock quarters like when i hear people talking about it i'm just like oh fuck i don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> i <like>, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Tell me about the macro, how you're doing, how you're thinking about business. Yeah. I don't give a shit how operationally you can do this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I heard people like talking about Amazon's earnings was okay, but they were saying like, oh, because wage increases have increased so much, if it continues to go like that for the next few years, then Amazon's going to be unprofitable. And they're just extrapolating just a random figure that just came out of the blue. <laughs> Dude, inflation here, they raised the fucking wages to match inflation. That's it. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to constantly raise the wages every single year at the exact same rate that they did last year, which is the biggest inflation of all time. What do people want? Yeah. People get actually paid according to inflation or they want people to just lose money? <laughs> like the actual workers. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, every other month it's like about, you know, workers' rights and shit. And then the other month is like the company's fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give them a break. Leave them alone, yeah. man. They're doing a good job. Yeah, Companies yeah. like Amazon and stuff like that, they have the highest um, average wage oh, yeah. for, you know, the workers there. Yeah. Like, they're higher than the actual legal minimum wage. Oh, way higher, yeah. And, and also, like, one in 153 people in America works for Amazon. That's wild. That's a crazy stat. 153. And, one in 153. <laughs> Dude, and they're paying the highest wages. <laughs> yeah. Neuron. Imagine if they just paid everyone the minimum wage, how much more money they'd be making. Sure, some people are okay, but then they wouldn't get as many people to work for them. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to grow as well. Yeah. And if you think about it, all these other companies who are not paying that at the moment are going to have to push their stuff up, push their minimum wage up to actually compete with Amazon. Oh, yeah. So Amazon's just going to continue to bring in all these boys. So yeah. it actually works out better for them. Shut up. It's a good long-term <laughs> play. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, talking more about like starting your dojo and all of that before you actually move in. You So you want to have four people. You want to vet those people for, you know, like six months and all that, but truly sit down with them, explain the vision. What do you actually want it to look like? Show them videos, you know, of other people doing it. If you can find videos, you can maybe show us the podcast or whatever. Really sit them down. If, if they show that like they're getting twitchy and stuff and they can't sit through a full podcast, that's automatic skin in the game, proving that they're probably not the right person to be, you know, going into this house because they're automatically not getting the vision. Mm. Or if they fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Dude, imagine a guy actually fell asleep. That's a real easy indicator, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, like communicate the rules, the expectations, unless they're unless they're like working really hard from like to like make money or something and invest it G is the best person G is so nice G you're the nicest person you're such a sweetheart yeah I think we all follow um, sweetheart we all we all follow it's a a week Naval I love you when he says um, play long term games with long term people Mm -hmm. so like when you're vetting these people always just keep in the back of your mind would you want to play long term games In, in that sense is like would you want to like keep these be friends with these people and associate yourself with these people mm. for life. Mm. And if you don't want to, then I think it's a clear no. Yeah. yeah. And one thing as well, like we talked, we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, is, but be realistic where you're also at. 
Yeah, like, that's a good point. Don't think you're A plus when you're actually a D and you're looking for an A plus to join you. Yeah. And you can't find them. Like, it's more likely not that you're a D in the scale of things because we're all C's and B's. You know, wherever we're we are at. nowhere near. C's, B's and A's, right? So it is what it is. But yeah, don't think you're better than that person because you've got some strengths here. They may have some strengths in other areas, you know? Try and find a good person who's willing to work, you know? And the podcast, like not being able to watch podcasts is a great metric to kind of look at, but it's like, are they working on that at the moment? Did you have a conversation with them with that, you know? Like they can be working on these things. Just make sure they're a really, really good human being and they're willing to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think integrity is everything. You've got to have integrity. If you're not a good human being, don't associate yourself with them. Um, yeah, make sure you, you communicate the rules and then let's link our detail cleaning sheet again. Mm-hmm. So it's good to like print out our detail cleaning sheet, show them what it's actually like. You can change their names over onto the detail cleaning chart and then you can see everybody's responsibilities for each day of the week, what everybody needs to do, talk about it. Then what you can do is like make them sign it to make sure that they agree with the detail clean chart and they're actually going to follow it. Um, talk about why that's actually going to be beneficial to do all of that detail cleaning, make sure you have a perfect environment and all of that to breed success. Then literally make another contract. You know, It doesn't have to be an actual legal document or anything. But just make a contract of all your expectations and sign everybody's name on it. So then people have that written there. And then with that detail clean sheet, you just chuck it up on your fridge Everybody signs it off every week when you actually got this dojo running. And the beauty of it is you see everybody's name there. So then everybody can see like the actual results. So like this is like something like we had a problem at Nando's where no one's doing the details because people were just ticking it. And, you know, people would just tick it and then you didn't know who the hell ticked mm, it. Yeah. So then I made everybody sign it. And then if someone wasn't doing their responsibilities and it was quiet and you could see it's quiet, then you actually had data to drop their hours down lower. Or like when you went into a meeting with them, now you had power to communicate. Hey, they literally got his 10 sheets of detail cleaning. You didn't do any of them. And then you can start to say like, if you keep, don't do this next week, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to cut a shift from you. It's like, that's what we used to do. And it dude, the the productivity of that place just went sky high after everybody had to put skin in the game. And the right person will always like look at that and want to have their name down there. They want to kind of create that value. So if you if if a person with a personality who can just ignore something like that and not want to add value to the environment is probably doesn't have the right characteristics that you're looking for, I would say. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think the important thing about the contract as well is like you want to treat this dojo pretty much like a business because it is like a business. So signing that contract creates the professionalism that's necessary. So like when you move into a normal share house, more often than not, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get a contract or you'll sign just like the real estate agent, whatever that thing is, right? For your details. But you won't sign a contract saying you're going to adhere to these roles and be this and be that within the house and within the people there, you know, really putting skin in the game as we say. So, to create that professionalism, make sure you do that because it kind of just makes everyone take it really more serious. Yeah. It's a good start place to start from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about like physical requirements of like the actual location. So like you definitely want a location that, you know, allows you to get that cheap rent like we're speaking about, but also save your time and convenience because that's so important. Like, you know, you don't want to get $150 
rent, but be two hours away. So then you're losing what four hours of driving time to work and back, you know, mm. that's, you know, if you've got four hours times $20 rate, that's $80 a day you're wasting. If you're working seven days a week, it really racks up quickly that you're getting opportunity costed. Plus then you start to have to account for petrol and all of this other stuff. So, you know, like you got to think about that too as well. Like think about the convenience, but it is possible to get your rent. Like our rents around about 150, even now, we even have, um, oh, definitely when the other room is rented out, it's, it's, I think it was under that, right? Yeah, it's um, 150 when we have all the rooms occupied. Yeah. Um, and then like, but we have massive, we have like that many square footage because we've got a three story here, way bigger than any, anywhere else we've been. Um, but it's very convenient because it's just like a few minute walk to the station, a few minute walk to the shops, don't actually need a car. It's good for people when they want to come here. If they don't have a car too, they can just get the train. Um, it just makes doing everything easier. Um, and then something that we've always sort of thought about is like for the people that do have cars, trying to find a place where you can have extra car spaces, not using the garage. Cause we always utilize the garage for more room. So what we're found in, you know, is like, does your street allow for extra cars to park or with us, it's in like a public place. So we literally have a car park. <laughs> You know, it's a very unique <laughs> situation. <laughs> like, yeah, people don't, people think like, well, how come you guys have a car park? It was the deciding factor. Exactly we could right. have got the house over there. Right. And you know, like the, you know how with us, the house, the three stories over there, the same house, they're actually one meter shorter. Right. So the one meter shorter, the rent is practically the same. Um, but then they don't even have a car park. So you're getting one meter shorter and no car park. Yeah, they got bigger front yards out there, which is like based on what we need. That's not what sense. we need. So yeah. doesn't make sense at all. But I think it's important to like like you did a lot of the house hunting for this place. Um but you I like how you are thinking about all of those things. Yeah. Like it's it's really important to ensure that that every every decision that's made is on purpose. Like, it's not like, oh, we just got lucky with a car park. We got lucky we're close to the shop. So we got lucky we have an extra square footage here. Like, everything is on purpose. So think about these things whilst you're, you know, trying to make these decisions. Yeah. Because every single part of it is on purpose. And like, to get this place, I I literally went through every single property on uh, realestate.com, like in Melbourne. Went through every single one. Many times. Yeah, to find it. We waited as well to get the good one. Like even now, like I've trained G by like just seeing like some of the real estate stuff, you know, that we do. And like, we're just thinking ahead for the next move. We're thinking one, to, you know, one year in advance, you know, and we're, we're planning now. It's probably, it's probably two years in advance because we've been doing it for almost a year. You know, thinking about the next one, we keep going through, oh, is this one good? Is this one? Pros and cons. Yeah. There's so many flaws with there, all the ones that we find. Yeah. Until we find like the ripper. Once we found the ripper, we make the move. And then on paper, it looks like, oh shit, you guys got lucky again. You got the ripper house. Saves you a lot of money. And <laughs> she all was this all stuff. planned, son. She was all planned from before. Everybody has their role. Everybody has how they can provide some value. Literally make house hunting into a science. Yeah. Possible. Even house hunting can be fun as well. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, we went for a bike ride and just checked out a property yeah. that I found. And but we looked at it. The photos looked all right. We went to check the place. Was this one? (laughs) Like, 
Uh, it doesn't look as good. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Because we went on a bike and we checked her out. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we checked out the neighborhood as well, which yeah. was, it was nice to check that out. Like we ended up seeing a nice property in that neighborhood, but yeah. it wasn't for sale. But, <laughs> you know, we got more of an idea of what we wanted. Yeah. And especially like when you learn a lot about like real estate investing and stuff like that, all the biggest guys are the most successful that have the most um, properties that are rented out and the most cash flow and all that stuff. The super successful guys, they always say like a lot of them, to buy one house, you want to check out a hundred. That's the same thing that we're doing. Instead of us mm. buying it, you know, we're going to live in it. We're going to rent it out. We rent it out for other reasons because you can tax deduct the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing, but half of the thing talk to your tax accountant um but you know there's ways of tax deducting these things and we check that many properties just as if we're an investor a real estate investor that's how you get the results boys all right um so yeah like that's like that's kind of the stuff that you need to do before like jumping into your own dojo but then now thinking that, all right, you've gone through all these steps, you're now in the dojo, what do you actually do when you're in the game? So the first one is like, whenever you buy anything, it could be a toaster, a kettle, it could be a dishwasher, any of that stuff, you got to make sure you split that thing evenly. Uh, you know, everybody chips in the same amount or like work it out. Like, in, you know, there might be someone that comes in, they're only staying for six months, then what do you do? You got to figure, have to figure it out. This is where that, all that negotiation and value comes into it. But you want to put in even amounts because everybody will take care of it better if they've put money in, you know, and then there's no, if it acts like, and then if it, even if you, um, even if everybody's taking care of it, you're always going to get bad luck where it just breaks. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, <sighs> dude, like every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to help out. I'm going to just like just buy something under my name, put it in. Ah, she's broken boys now, I know you boys aren't doing anything wrong but it's just like ah, you know, she gets ya she just hurts a little bit more yeah. Yeah. she just gets ya how many bins have we gone through Dude, how many bins how many vacuums vacuums, vacuums is fucked for us with vacuums we get the industrial quality <laughs> we break Dude. industrial somehow what the hell do we do wrong Dude, we just use it so many level. times huh? we use it every day bro but the house oh. have an exhaust pipe on it. Like, <laughs> Dude. The house like, is so loud yeah. that you have to wait till like nine o'clock to yeah. use it. We got told we get complaints. <laughs> we were doing the detail cleaning at four like, o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and we got complaints that it's like we'd literally wake up to the deets. <laughs> well, dude, uh gee, show us like tell us how like the sound of like when we turn the vacuum on. Like what does oh, it do? My. <laughs> you, you click it on and it's like that's good. <laughs> And you can hear it from fucking like the block down the road. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's the good shit. <laughs> that's the good shit. Dude, it's powerful, man. But that's like <laughs> a motorbike, dude. When you rev that thing, she goes. How do you dude, rev I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know if you if you guys have ever, ever like live, live next to someone that owns a bike. But sometimes early in the morning, like you can hear them starting the bike. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how a vacuum is. For the poor people living next to us. (laughs) At 4 a.m. in the morning, they're just here. (laughs) 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 
I don't know how, but we got a toaster as well. She's a bloody industrial. <laughs> you put the toast in. This is only the time that industrial is bad. Because when she goes off, your bloody toast comes out <laughs> on the floor. There's nothing worse than It's <laughs> always on the floor, man. If you don't catch it, you lost it. You ever just try to catch your own toast? That's a fucking sport, boys. <laughs> You're like fucking putting your shit away. You're cooking your other part of your meal. Oh, you hear it starting to get ready. You hear the pop. <laughs> oh, my God. Then your fucking hands burning. <laughs> I feel like now you guys are just like, oh, whatever. It's just on the ground. And you're just like, yeah, fuck it. Vacuum the floor every day. We get yeah. still clean, boys. It's not, yeah, it's not three second rule here. She's like 15 sec. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, One min. One min. Um, like, yeah also like just little things that we already spoke about before like make sure you set the standard and lead by example very important but this is actually a, a very big one that mm. say Dylan himself actually uh, did when you know Samra and I and then when G moved in as well it's like you set the standard from the beginning because then people know what to expect yeah you can't and switch it up similar to like what Dylan was talking about at Nando's is if you slack that little bit then it seems like it's okay. Mm. And if it's okay, then it becomes, people do it enough, then it becomes a habit. And then you ruin the entire di- entire dynamic of the house. Yeah. Mm. And if you ruin that, it's incredibly difficult to get it back. It takes three times as long to get it back once you've lost it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. You've got to make it into a habit. Mm. Yeah. And then the next thing is like, we always say like, just add so much value to the house. Like when you sign the contract, it's going to say like, do the weeds. Like actually do the weeds. It's going to say mow the lawn. Actually, mow the lawn good. You know, do everything good. And then when you come and they check up on the place and they say, oh, shit, this place is actually good. Because they're going to be really nervous when they check out all these bunch of little kids in their early 20s renting somewhere. It, it's, it can be nerve-wracking for the investor. Mm. You know, who's who wants a property with all these people running around inside of it? Then you prove it to them. Now, think about our relationship with our real estate agent. She just comes in and is like, Boom, takes 10 photos, like easy out. She just trusts us. Mm. And also now the investor of this place, they never increase the rent mm. ever. So, you know, they're so happy to keep us in and we've communicated with them. We like literally have uh, their phone number. And like when we were doing this, I said, hey, like if we ever decide to move out, we'll give you like six months heads up. So you, you can start looking in advance to get someone to fill it in. So you never get opportunity costed and lose money. Like it's little things like this. If you think in mind as the person, as the investor and help them, um, it just sets you up. And also one little thing that we forgot is like before you move into the dojo and start it, you want to see everybody that you're moving in with have at least three months of rent plus more. Mm. Plus they should all probably have their 10Ks as well. And bond. Yeah, and the bond. Bond's expensive. Yeah, bond's a lot. So all up probably like 20K. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty k is pushing it a bit, but yeah, twenty k is also not that much as well. Twenty k yeah. is still pretty small. Yeah, depends how you look at it. But yeah, in between ten and twenty, for sure. Um, and especially if you're moving out and it's unfurnished, man, you're gonna have to spend a lot of money. You will. And if you only had that minimum ten thousand dollars saved up, she's gonna get chewed up real quick. But something to like to get in to get the dojo or to secure the property. With this type of market where there's so much demand, um, you and if you're young, they're always gonna go go for the easy family. 
because they know the family is reliable. So what we've had to do every single time to secure it, like when we've done open for inspections, we've seen this packed. So how are we going to win? And we see people getting taking offers. We say, um, you know, we normally put the rent up like, I don't know, $10 or something a week. And then we say, we'll pay three months in advance. So then we, why do we do $10 a week? Because it's not that much. It's not going to really change anything. But now they know we're open for negotiation and we're serious about this bloody place. And um, three months, man, these are the guys are the real deal. So every single time we've done that, we've won straight away. So that's some that's some tips for people. But yeah, that's something like not many people really know. Old it's people that have been in the game for a while, they know that. But it's uncommon for young kids to know that stuff. I think Doc had a good point about if you need to furnish the apartment, uh, the house. Um, which was uh, you don't want to buy too many things that oh, yeah. you mm. wouldn't want to take to the next house. Yeah, mm. yeah. From moving, sometimes uh, a fair bit, and just in general. But this is also like personality based a little bit, but also in the side of the journey, it relates. You need to be like kind of like that minimalist mindset because you don't want to have so much shit to travel around when you do move. You don't want to kind of have to want to fill every gap in the house because you just want to hoard shit and buy shit. Um, don't feel the need to fill everything. Like it's not that it's not going to be an architectural digest episode. All right. Don't try and when you first move into the house, don't try and make it like that house. You're going to live in there forever. Make it homely, make it feel safe. Okay. Positive with, you know, the uh, plants and good vibes and stuff like that. But just be cautious of what point in the journey you're at. When you first move in, you need to add things as you move along your journey. Don't spend 20K up front and just put everything in the house because you're more more than likely not going to be in that position. But it also helps if you don't like a lot of stuff like me. It's easier. (laughs) But yeah, and it's also good. Like when we'll start talking about in the money stuff when we get there, but like say you get your 10K, you kind of like, you want to buy your like your absolutes. Like that's something that you actually need. Like say, I don't know, like a fridge. You need a fridge. Yeah, fridges, kettles. Yeah, stuff like that. Microwaves. But you, you kind of like get 10K, you work up to 2K, spend 2K so you're back down to 10. Mm. Then work your way back up. Like never go to zero. It's the worst shit when you go to zero. Like make sure you're always spending that little buffer. Mm. And then make the next goal. Once I hit 20, all right, I'll spend like, once I hit 22, I'll spend another 2,000. Once I hit 32, I'll spend another 2,000. Once you get 42, I'll spend another 2,000. Once you're out of home, you're considerably more vulnerable, which means if something, some emergency happens, you have to have something there to be able to deal with it. Because if you don't, you're skidded. <laughs> so you have to have some stuff there to make sure that you're okay. All right. And then for the people, if you guys are still around that decided to stay at home, this is probably what you should start be thinking about. Adding the value, what we spoke about. Do as much as you can for your parents. Start doing the detail cleaning. Sometimes it's great to be the bigger person at home and just do all the detail cleaning. Literally, if you just do the whole entire house and just start saying to your parents, hey, the, ha- the house cleaning, I'm going to take full responsibility and do the whole entire house. And whenever it gets dirty, I'll re-clean it. And you just tell me what your expectations are and I'll match that. Dude, it will make your mum and parents so happy that everything else will become easier. They'll probably start, you know, you know everything. There's going to be less fights. She's probably going to cook better food for you. She's going to do all this good shit for well, you. Well, yeah, she will. Now she has time yeah. and mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. Definitely will. Like, you're going to get it back in return. 
And then that's because now you got more back in return from her. Then you're like, fuck, I'll do more back in return for her. Mm. And then it just becomes a massive positive feedback loop mm. instead yeah. of a negative one. Um, the, the thing is you could knock off all the dates in like an hour. See, It's yeah. not even that long. And just like chuck on like an audio book. Mm. Just yeah. do the dates for, for an hour for your whole house. Your parents will be so appreciative of that. They will respect you. An hour every day. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Smash it out the first time. Get everything all perfect. Once it's all perfect, then it's just about maintaining it. Yeah, maintaining is easy. And I've I've heard this a lot of people. Oh, but my mum doesn't let me because she doesn't like what I do. Yeah, no shit. Because you haven't done it before. She doesn't if trust you do so- your son. If you do something yeah. for the first time, she's not going to like the quality of the job because you don't understand the quality she or the standard she likes it to. So once she says, "Hey," you know, she complains about it. Ask the question, like, "Oh, okay. Well, how do you like it? Like, what's it meant to be like?" Then do it to that standard, and then. Go beyond that standard. Mm. And then you're teaching them something and you're adding more value. Mm. And then they'll want you to do all the stuff and they'll give it all to you. They respect you more. Your reputation grows. Everything we're talking about in the last couple of episodes. Other things are, yeah, pay your fair share. Think about like chipping in with the bills and the food and stuff like that because it's hard for these for your parents. Think about that stuff. And then what you can also do is like an exercise. Literally try and be your parents for a week like do all of the cleaning all of the cooking all of the washing whatever they're doing just do it all for a week and that'll give you a good perspective on like how hard that is and there's only one week you lost out your life and it could it could set you up it could really give you that maturity that you need i want anyone who does this please go and do it and comment let us know how you went because yeah. neither the four of us really got the opportunity to do that until we moved out so it'd have been interesting to see how G actually did to see the opportunity uh, to see how that goes at the house and see yeah. how your parents respond to it and see how well it works yeah so we have theory it'll work quite well so comment let us know how it went or dm us and tell us Let's yeah my place. parents are very happy for me to like help out hmm. uh, towards the end like it definitely did help them see that i matured a lot yeah, yeah. like i said once i did move out they were like more willing to take on the advice that i was giving mm-hmm. Yeah. What were they like at the start? And when I started like helping them out? Yeah. Were they um, reluctant? Were, were they just like, well, I'll, I'll do it? Uh, they, they were more, my parents were more like complaining. Like they were like, oh, you aren't really doing much. Because I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Mm. So when when I did start doing stuff, like they were really happy mm, for me to good. do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. That's about it, boys. We hit all the points. Wrap her up and pack her up. Go for it, lads. Absolutely. All right. Make sure to give the video a like because we need the engagement. Uh, make sure to comment what I was just talking about, about the example about becoming your parent for a week. Share it to all your friends. Click the notification bell to know that when we upload and pack her up. Pack her up. Pack her up, time. Pack her up. Thank you for listening.